Welcome, everybody, to part two of my conversation with my dear friend, Orlando Beltran. Um, today, we'll sit down and continue our chat about his youth sports experience, um, but also dive into uh, what makes a good role model, uh, what makes a good coach, and, and learn um, from some of his experiences with the coaches that he's had in the past. Uh, and we'll also talk about what might have, what has changed since, since he was a youth athlete. Um, so please sit back and enjoy. When I think back a lot on uh, and what I witness at a lot of, in a lot of cases as well is that we're we're really and tell me if this was your experience but it, we're so focused on the technical side of of sports you know we're because our culture is competitive and you know we, we're heavily focused on on winning and losing and um, you know I, I feel like in a lot of cases we focus on that technical side the trying to get players to be physically and technically better at whatever sport it is but we miss a lot of the you know the the, the person the personal side like the focusing on the social and the emotional and the cognitive development of uh, of kids do, do you feel do you feel like that was also your experience growing up as as a youth athlete I think in certain ways. So I had the backwards experience. I didn't have the ability to play on a team. So I didn't have the opportunity for someone to teach me the technical aspect of it. I actually had the opportunity to have the fun and just play the game, but I did it on my own by myself. Right. Um, and then I, I, I craved the technique. I wanted to learn how to play. I wanted to learn how to shoot properly. I wanted to learn how to tackle properly. Um, so, I mean, that is one component, but I think, I think we have lost a couple of things. Um, we have lost the idea of, how do I say this? Of it's just a game. As much as I, I love it, I'm competitive and I want to win. Like you and I are both, we've gotten in each other's faces playing basketball and things like that before. We want to win, but in the end, we know it's just a game. We know that it's it's just a few people having a good time, getting some exercise, and enjoying the competitive nature of things, right? And then we also like overextended to another in another way. Um, you know the the participation award for everybody that everyone gets a trophy sort of idea. I know people love it, but I'm adamantly against it because I didn't I didn't learn a, I wouldn't have learned some of the lessons I did or not becoming, not getting that first place or second place, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's so much to learn in failure. There's so much to learn in, in not being number one and wanting to be number one. And even if you are to stay there, it's, I think we've lost some of that component too, where it's just, yeah, it's okay to lose. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly okay. We're all going to lose certain battles throughout our lives. So why not learn from them now and understand that not every battle means you've lost the war. Right. It just means you got to work harder to win the next one. Right. Yeah. Adversity, adversity teaches us a lot. So I want to take a quick break and, and, you know, just touch on, you know, something that Orlando talked about and, and something that uh, him and I have talked, you know, a lot about. And, and I think it's this idea of, of learning from failure um, and knowing and, and teaching the kids that we work with that it's okay to lose um, and that there's a lot to, to learn from that. Um, and, and I think, you know, as we 
put together the culture within our team, um, you know, we, we want to build a culture where um, that we're learning from, from, from everything. And so, you know, we're learning from our successes, but we're also learning from, from our failures or from, from, from loss. Um, and, and losing doesn't have to mean something negative. Um, and so, you know, I think what Orlando is, is saying that, you know, in the end, you know, it's, it's just a game. Um, and, and a lot of kids play simply for the love of, of playing and just simply because they love the game. Um, and I think, you know, making sure that we don't lose that in the, in the process of, of our youth development, um, I think is, is really important. So I think, you know, this idea that Orlando brings up and talks about of, of learning from, from failures is something that's really important. One of the trends that we're we're seeing, and it's it's uh, it's an alarming trend, um, and it's it's unfortunate. I'm sure, you know, as an educator, you you see this a little bit probably in your in the the school teams that that you guys have. Um, at the age of 13, kids are or by the age of 13, an alarming number of kids are are just not playing sports anymore. They've just decided for for one reason or the other, whether it's money, whether it's coaches who, 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 you know, aren't supporting them as a, as a, as an athlete, as an, an, an individual, um, or if, you know, they're just not having fun anymore. They're not playing with their friends. Um, you know, kids are just stopping playing. And, and that's a really alarming trend because I think you and I both know, uh, as much as anyone, the, the benefits of playing, playing sports, not just physically, but mentally and, and emotionally and, and health wise. Um, so from your perspective as, as a, "Quote unquote former athlete," um, whoa, but whoa, whoa, quote unquote. I was an athlete. No, I'm saying former. I'm saying quote unquote former <laughs> athlete because I, I have a hard time telling myself that I'm not still an athlete because I, I still play all the time and I still want to you know do athletic things. But uh, I guess my, my my big my main days are our main days are behind us. So I guess I have to say former. Uh, but now as an educator, you know why why do you think that might be? What are some things that you see? from your perspective and, you know, as a, as a former athlete, but now educator, you know, what are some things that, that you think are contributing to that alarming stat, like that alarming well, trend? I will say one thing off the bat is football is dangerous. That's been a real concern with a lot of my families and my students, right? Their parents won't let them play football. Right. And, um, and I understand it 100% and I don't even know if, um, I'm going to let my kids play. Uh, the hard part about football is, you know, with, with everything that started happening with CTE, I, a couple of buddies that I played with, we kind of stopped from like, have you, is this, might we, you know, because you, you think of memory loss, loss of focus or concentration, um, just all these different sort of symptoms that come up and, you know, we've experienced little things, but I, I want to say it's just growing because of age, but, um, <sighs> the the difficult part is is it or isn't it right and that's a that's a tough sport so that one 100 i understand um as far as because we if actually we don't even have we didn't last year have enough to almost have a football team so we had like you know i think we had like 20 players that's crazy you know and i remember when i was playing football we had 300 to come out and we had to shave that down to 60. There's the working hard component doesn't exist in some of our kids right now for some reason. 
And it's not to say that it should be super difficult and they should get yelled at and all these things. But I think the, the idea is they have to also understand that it's not easy. You don't just walk onto a team and, and you've made it and you're going to start or whatever it is. I think that there's a, a big component of working hard to be good that I feel like we've lost. And I feel like an old man to my generation, but it, I, I see it. A lot of kids quit. My own nephew, when stuff got difficult playing football or basketball, like he just stopped playing. And I don't know if the passion isn't there or if we're missing some of that, but um, yeah, I don't know. maybe it's technology too. Maybe it's just easier to play Madden than it is to get out there and get dirty. Yeah, I you mean, know, and, it, a lot of studies now, uh, like the Aspen Institute, for example, uh, is, a, is a, this, uh, uh, they have a, branch of their of, of this organization that that studies sports and society in the united states and uh, a lot of the studies that they've put together show you know the two main reasons kids play sports is because they want to be with their friends so like you and i we want to play together we want to be on the same team so mm-hmm. i'm going to play football because orlando's playing football yeah. um you know and they want to have fun and those are those are the two big things and so you know, nowadays, something like Fortnite or something like Madden, where you can connect online with your friends, you can still have that connection with your friends, and it's fun, and you can control it, and, you know, your, your coaches, you know, maybe coaches aren't yelling at you, or coaches aren't giving you a hard time, or, or maybe, you know, your parents aren't as involved in, in that aspect, and, and maybe that's something you want to, you know, you enjoy, because um, it's your space, and it's your thing, uh, and it's just you and your friends, and um, you know, that's something they found is, is, is a contributing factor. So I want to stop again real quickly and, and touch on something um, that we, Orlando and I, briefly touched on, and that is um, the role that technology plays. Um, I, I think, you know, nowadays, um, with the, the rise in popularity of video games and social media and, you know, how attached we can be to our phones and everything being readily accessible, um, you know, that's changed a lot of how um, youth think about things and how youth engage with each other. And so, um, you know, I think having an understanding of technology uh, and the role that that plays is, is something that is, is really important for coaches and administrators and individuals who are putting programs together to, to really think about. Um, and, and there are some, some positive lessons to be learned um, from how video games interact with kids uh, nowadays. And, and that doesn't diminish some of the, the, the dangers of, um, you know, a, a limited uh, activity, um, situation like video games can often present, but, um, you know, there are some positives to take away from how video games have been able or video game companies have been able to reach kids. And, and so I think technology is a, is a really important thing that we can, uh, and have to think about. Um, and so I think we didn't talk, Orlando and I didn't talk a lot about it, but, um, I think it is something to, to mention and to, to think about. I work a lot with coaches and, and, and thinking through how coaches can better support kids in, in this, yes, the technical side, but also the, the, the social and the emotional side of, of things. And, um, you know, I think back on, 
you know, some of the coaches that I've had and some of the coaches that I've seen. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I wonder what, what, what your experience is on that, you know, thinking through some of the coaches that you've had and uh, thinking through some of the coaches you've seen now as an educator, you know, are they, are they doing uh, the right things to keep kids in those, that space where they're having fun and they're enjoying it, but also are challenged and pushed and, and you know, able to learn from the same lessons you've learned? Um, I mean, I, I remember, I, I still keep in contact with my middle school basketball coach, who's the first guy that like gave me a chance to be on a team. And uh, I remember having a conversation with him several years ago after he stopped coaching the middle school team. Like he was still coaching the team and he stopped doing it. Simple question. I was like, why, why'd you stop, man? What's going on? And he said, it's like, kids don't want to be out there anymore. They don't want to work for it anymore. He's like, you guys, I would, I would make you guys run until you cried because I wanted to make sure that you guys knew that you had to work hard to be the best. And kids just quit. They walk home, they leave. And I think it's a mixture, right? I've, I, my football coach, there was a few of them. Uh, and they, some stuff I don't agree with at all. And some stuff I agree with completely. And the truth is sometimes a kid gets, needs to get yelled at. Like, like they just need it. I, I know I did. At times, like, I know that I benefited from my coach being hard on me. Um, and there's some kids that didn't, and I know that. I don't think that there's – I don't want to get anyone in trouble, so I'm not going to say some of the details, but uh, there's definitely some things where I was like, uh-oh, should I tell somebody? Um, and But in the end, I think everything ended up being – great like there was nothing that went wrong no one was in trouble the kids didn't have any hard feelings or anything but um i think that there's there's some techniques that have been a little bit old school that need to get revamped a little bit but there's also some great stuff out there that a lot of coaches do well without without infringing on you know the i don't want to say the rights of children but it's sort of like the the protective nature of it right um i think my my middle school basketball coach is the perfect example is he had a balance he was the guy who would you know make us run until tears came out and then would take us out to pizza the next day you know he was that guy and and it, i respected that a lot um i still remember i mean he took us to raging waters which is like a, you know water park in southern california None of us had ever been there. Right. And he took a bunch of inner city school kids to that after the team, you know, we finished the season and everything. And we weren't the best team. We didn't win any championships or anything. We did well, but he, I think he knew that we worked hard. Like we were working our butts off for him. And I remember, I remember asking him, I think when I was in high school or, or even college, maybe having a chat with him. And uh, I asked him sort of, I just was curious. I was like, what do you think, man? I didn't, I didn't think I'd be here. Like, what do you, what do you think? And he, he gave me the best thing. He just says, look, you're the type of player that every coach would love to have. You're not the best. You're not, you know, you, you never were, but you were the guy that would run through a wall for him. And if you said, Hey, I need you to run through that wall for your team. He knew that I would. And so there's a lot of that sacrifice and there's, I think our society has turned into the me instead of the team. And I think we've lost some of that as well. 
And that's the hard part. Everyone wants to score 30 points. You know, not, not, they, they don't want to get 10 assists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, just playing pickup basketball here in, in, here in D.C., you see a lot of, uh, you know, younger kids focus a lot on the ISO, you know, trying to beat somebody one-on-one versus, uh, you know, trying to make sure everybody gets gets a piece of the ball. Um, what you're speaking to in my mind is this idea that, you know, your coach challenged you and may have asked you to do some some things that were difficult, but you could tell that he cared about you, right? Like you could tell that like he, as an individual, cared about Orlando Beltran, like as a, as a person. It wasn't necessarily just Orlando Beltran, the, the athlete, uh, even though that was obviously a big part of the relationship, but you could tell from what I'm hearing that, that he cared about you. And I think that's, that's a big part of the coach's role is showing, you know, yes, getting the kid to be better and, and working with the, the individual athlete to, to improve and to keep improving um, and to teach him about the game and teach her about the game. Uh, but it's also to be someone who, who cares and, and who is supportive and knows that Orlando can be yelled at, but, you know, Billy, I need to, to handle Billy a little bit differently than I handle Orlando. And that coach needs to understand that. And I think, you know, that's what we see a lot as coaches sometimes can have that one size fits all coaching style versus like an adaptive coaching style that allows for individuals to be who they are within that team dynamic. Um, and I think I'm sure you see a lot of that in the in the school system of, you know, having to get to know your kids and having to get to know how they respond to certain things. Um, did, well, it's all it's all relationship building, like and, and there's a caring component to it. Right. And you it's funny you just mentioned this because like, that's the way I approach a lot of the stuff that I do with education. I I don't remember every single kid's name. I, I don't have a connection with every single kid. Right. But I'd like to think that most of my kids, regardless um, know that I care about them and I will do whatever I can to help them. Um, a weird example was I just, before I got on here, I went to go get a cup of coffee, I was telling you, and I bumped into a former student uh, who was working at one of the taco shops on the street, and she was a newcomer student. And, which means, I think she was in sixth or seventh grade when she arrived into the country, and I can't remember, uh, she's Central American, I can't remember exactly what country it was, but, um, you know, we were chatting at a six foot distance. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and uh, she was just saying that she got into um, San Francisco State University and was talking about, oh, yeah, but like, I don't really understand how they want me to register. And I don't really get the, the sort of what they're asking me to do and these certain how to pick my classes and stuff. You know, and you understand? It's like, I gave her my number. I was like, call me. If you need help, just tell me and I'll, I'll, I'll we'll figure it out. I'll help you out. And it wasn't because of anything other than I want her to see her succeed. And she worked hard. And she's a girl who's in high school working at a taco shop that I saw come into the country in like seventh grade and worked her butt off to get to where she is today. And that's a lot of my, my coaches. I can tell you right now, guaranteed 100%. If I called my middle school basketball coach right now, if I called Russell. Right. And we, we need more of that. I think that's, you know, it's, it's, Coaching, just like being a teacher, just like being an administrator, they're really tough jobs. They're they're jobs that require a lot of uh, a lot of important skills. You're you're dealing with kids at a time 
when it's really important, but their development is is going through a lot of different things. They're going through a lot of changes and they're they're learning a bunch and they're soaking up a lot of things and they're emotionally and socially going through all of these different things. Uh, and so the coach's role, just like your role as an administrator, is really important in, in the shaping their 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 view and their mentality and, and how they think about things. And so your coach, your middle school coach, Russ, obviously had a you know, a pretty important impact in, in shaping how you view things and how you deal with things. Well, I mean, I don't know if I ever, um, if I ever even told him, but like, you know, my, my dad wasn't there. I didn't really have a true male role model growing up. So the idea was like, I'm going to cling on to some of the male people that are like positive influences in my life and learn about, you know, what it takes to be a man. It, it, it was, it was crazy because I remember taking bits and pieces from the different things that people said and how they said it. Um, and, and sort of the, the, the lessons I was learning and that's what happened. Like Russ, Russ was my first true sort of male father figure in that realm. Cause my, my dad wasn't, I wouldn't say he wasn't around at all. He was, um, my parents had divorced when I was about five years old. But my dad was also into different stuff. My dad was not an athlete. So I, I couldn't go play ball with him. You know? Um, and so I, I the, the things that I was interested in, he was not. And so I had to find people that were interested in that. And within that realm, understand what it's like to, to, to be successful and be, you know, a, a man, I guess you can say. Not, you know, not for lack of a better term, I guess. But that was sort of what, I can I can go back and say that I am the person I am today because of someone like him. So has he has he been the most you know influential person in your athletic career? You know, as as a kid and then through college. Um, I think he definitely has. My my high school football coach also, um, Coach Moran. Uh, he was a big influence in my life as well because he was he was a guy who was just like, like oh no, you're good we're going to give you the ball because you're good and you're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, um, you know, he worked hard and he motivated us and inspired us to, to play against some teams. I mean, I had to, <laughs> I had to guard one-on-one, uh, Steve Smith, who went to Taft high school, who ended up going to USC, who ended up winning a Super Bowl with the New York giants, you know, on the field. And be like, he's like, you, you got him. How'd you know, you, and, how'd you do? You know, I didn't, I, I did okay for a little while. Uh, second half, he, he definitely turned it up. But uh, you know, I was I was I played against a guy who could very well be close to being in the Hall of Fame at one point. Yeah, I've I've watched Steve Smith play a lot. He's uh he's great. Yeah, and so you know that was my that was one of my jobs. I think Russ Russ is probably the first coach that really um, showed me the love taught me, let me be this crazy, wacky kid um, and still followed me. Like when I was playing basketball in college, like I think I texted him, I can't remember. And I told him I was playing basketball at at Revlins. I was playing college basketball, something I talked to him about when I was a kid. And um, he came out and watched me play when we played Occidental. You know, like he came out and, and, you know, complimented me, made fun of me a little bit <laughs> in the best way possible because we have that kind of relationship. But, um, 
was supportive and that means a lot dude that means a hell of a lot yeah i mean that's that's amazing i think that's a that's a that's a cool story and and not a lot of coaches uh, there are a lot of coaches who would do that and and but there's also a lot of coaches who uh you know could could use to do more of those kinds of things So I wanted to briefly again, you know, kind of touch on something and just emphasize something again, um, and that is the importance um, that coaches play in in the lives of the kids that they work with. Um, you know, you've heard Orlando talk about his middle school basketball coach and the fact that that relationship um, has lasted far beyond when Orlando was in middle school, um, and I just think the importance that that relationship had on, on Orlando and no doubt on the on the coach as well uh, I think is, is just really important to again mention and, and just emphasize the, the the sheer fact that coaches play a really important role in the lives of the kids that they work with a lightning round that I want to ask you first thing that comes to mind you know oh, this lightning is, round. Yeah, yeah yeah put the put the brain on again uh, I mean, it's been on the whole time, but you know. Don't forget, it, I get hit in the head a lot. Yeah, well, so that's why it's a lightning round. So it's just quick thoughts. It doesn't have to. You don't have to remember anything necessarily. Uh, so, what of all the things? What's your favorite sport? Basketball. I already know the answer, I think. But what's uh, what's your favorite athlete in any sport, and and why? Ooh, this is hard. Honestly, it might surprise you, Bo Jackson. That does surprise me. <laughs> I mean, Bo Jackson. He's an amazing athlete, but why? Dude, the guy played two sports and was just an amazing dude. And what I love about his story was he got screwed, I think, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a recruiting trip to play football. And they knew that they would make him ineligible to play baseball in the spring in order to draft him to play football. And he said, Sure, draft me. I'm not going to go play for you. And he didn't. That's an interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He's also probably the best e athlete of all time. If you remember Bo Jackson football, was he was like unstoppable. Oh god, yeah. It's like it's like Mike Tyson punch out. It's like you just can't beat Mike, dude. Right, man. Yeah, I I forgot. Yeah, I I didn't forget about Bo Jackson, but I think uh, you know you forget how amazing. It's really hard. It's really hard to say your favorite athlete, man. Like I love Magic Johnson growing up. I love Kobe Bryant in my teenage and like older years. Like there's so many athletes that you're just fascinated with by their athletic ability so for sure for sure uh so this one i'm interested in what's what what song is currently stuck in in orlando's head right now or, or what songs lean on, on, what's, or what's lean on, on me on? man bill lean weathers on. just just passed and you know with the time right now it's it's kind of that lean on me man fair enough fair enough uh <laughs> so paint a picture for me paint a picture for us uh of a moment that just makes you happy? Moment that just makes me happy. I can go back to, I think I was in middle school and I would walk to my old elementary school and it would be closed on the weekends and, you know, and I would jump the fence and I would uh, go shoot around and play basketball by myself for hours just to practice and get better. But the sound of a metal net when you hit a swish playing basketball, that's such a unique, beautiful sound that people don't really understand. But 
as I'm saying, as you can see me, I'm like, I'm smiling. Cause I remember you'd hit that shot. You'd, you'd pretend you're, you know, whatever in the NBA finals and two seconds left on the clock and you got to turn around and do this jumper. And when it goes in and you hear that clink, that, that brings a smile to my face. I'm smiling inside. I, I <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a great, that makes me happy just thinking about it. Uh, and so I, I know you love to travel. Um, I know you have a, a trip planned. Hopefully it will happen. Uh, fingers crossed. Well, I had to cancel the Egypt trip, but um, I'm already looking to reschedule. There's a few different things I got planned for the summer. Um, and as you know, I got that YouTube video thing that I'm working on too. So um, I'm definitely trying to get the love of travel out to people too. So what is your dream trip? It was, it was actually, to be honest with you, it was going to be what I was going to do to Egypt. I've been wanting to go to Egypt since I was in sixth grade and I, uh, I set everything up. I was going to go, uh, scuba diving in the Red Sea. I had gotten some permits to actually go into a pyramid. Um, yeah, this one was like the one I've been wanting to do for a very, very, very long time. But, um, you know, Egypt isn't going anywhere. It hasn't gone anywhere in 3000 years, so it'll still be there. So I'll definitely get an opportunity to do it, but that's definitely the dream right now. Uh, I'm sorry that happened, but I, I have no doubt you'll you'll make it there uh, at some point, hopefully soon. Um, yeah, definitely, man. So who's your you gotta, mentor? You got to come out with me. You got to be. The, I, you got to come out and, and, and trip with me and be be on that YouTube channel. I'm doing this. That's true. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, no, you can count. You can count on me to go somewhere. I, I don't know. Depending on when, I would love to go to Egypt. Um, everything you just said: scuba diving in the Red Sea, uh, getting to go into a pyramid. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah. So I want to be on that trip with you. Uh, so, a couple more. Who, who's your mentor and why? I mean, I think I've mentioned him, but probably it's it's probably Russell Russell Ishi. Um, he he was he was my first coach. He's uh, I think the first person that really believed in me. I remember having an interaction with him during tryouts. First time I tried out, and he asked, "He's like, where'd you play before?" And I remember the play and why he asked that. I had come down. We had played like a scrimmage for tryouts and I came down and I, I took a shot or a layup or something and missed. And I, the second, it was like a transition, a fast break in the other direction. And I sprinted down the court and the guy had missed and I grabbed the rebound and I dribbled back up court and I, you know, I don't know how, whatever, but we ended up scoring and winning that scrimmage. And right after that, I was like, where did you play before? And I was like, I've, I've never played before. I've never been on a team before. And he had this kind of look on his face. And it's like, well, I'm raw, dude. You got, you got, you can mold me into whatever you think I should be. Ball of, ball of Orlando clay. Yep. Uh, so what is your best piece of advice that you've, you've ever received? <sighs> oh, or given? Well, you know what? There's, there's a different, um, there's a different, uh, some different advice, but I remember, um, Derry C who was, um, my high school English teacher. He was a little bit older than me and he was a um, star athlete at my high school. His name was on the banners. Like he was a star volleyball player. And, uh, he happened to be my, my English uh, teacher and I was chatting with him and I had some really good deep conversations with him. And I remember a couple of times I was asking him about different things from like life and, and love and um, just what the world was like and everything. And I remember him telling me, he goes, just remember that you got to take some time to be by yourself. You don't truly know yourself until you're by yourself. 
And it's led me to do a lot of things where I am doing things alone to sort of explore my inner inner world and everything from backpacking alone to traveling alone um, to moving to Japan alone. Um, a lot of that advice has guided me to do a lot of different things. That's good advice. Um, yep. uh, describe your ideal day. Oh man, ideal day. These are hard hitters, I know. Yeah. Uh, my ideal day when I was younger, younger, when I had the energy and the ability, um, it's getting up, having a good cup of coffee, uh, either going for a morning swim or a morning run, um, going to work because I actually, believe it or not, I enjoy work. I enjoy sort of having a routine and, and helping people and working with kids. Um, they, they definitely bring a lot of joy to my life. Um, but coming back and rushing to change to get to a basketball game, to get to um, whether it's a league game or, or pickup. When I moved to San Francisco, there was a court down the street that I, I will be very honest, it was the only thing that kept me in San Francisco for three years. Um, those I made all my friends there on that basketball court. And that was my ideal day. Play basketball for like two, three hours. I mean, you're looking in the mirror. That's like if I was to describe my my ideal day, that would that would sound very similar. Um, so, what keeps you grounded? Man, my history. <laughs> Just look back. I mean, you've been in my house. My mom still lives in that same apartment. You know, um, I work to to give her a great life as best I can. And, you know, just the, the realization that I'm, I'm very privileged to be in a position that I am now. Um, I, it, by no means was it easy. And I, I, I believe I deserve it because I work so hard for it. But I, I also understand that there's people out there that, you know, can't afford their next meal, especially now. You know, uh, can't afford their next meal, don't have a place to live. Um, you know, even if they're trying to go to school, we can't figure out how to get them internet to be online and learn. And, and those things sort of keep me grounded as best I can. Well, that leads me to my last question, which is what is something that you are grateful for right now? Grateful for right now. I think it's, I'm still very grateful for my friends and the people I have around me that love me and care for me whether it is um, making sure I'm fed because I forget to eat when I'm so busy um, or just getting a phone call and, and seeing how I'm doing. Uh, even the situation like this, you know, having, having a chat with you for, for what, two hours, essentially an hour or something, um, that, that brings joy to my heart, man. That's the kind of stuff that really keeps me going. Love it. I love it. Um, so finally, Tell me, tell me about this project you're working on. Um, I don't know as much of a project; it's more of a hobby. But um, I, I, you know me, I've traveled a lot, and that was became my love after college was to travel and explore and 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 see new worlds and everything. And so I, um, I started uh, after a bunch of pushing from friends, and um, I don't know if you remember a friend, Sam from Redlands, who um, was a water polo player. Uh, I've been in contact with him and he was like, dude, why don't you put your stuff on YouTube? He's like, I'm, I'm 
watching this guy on YouTube who isn't even that interesting. I don't even like the guy, but I love watching his travel stories. And so it sort of motivated me. So, um, yeah, I decided I'm like, why not? So right now what I'm doing is taking old footage that I've had from different travels and I'm sort of trying to put it into these, these small videos. And the hope is um, to start doing travel videos with um, different people. Um, and if you look at the trailer that I have on there, um, it's called um, Cheers to You Travel Stories. And it's basically just, it's about people is what I really want to look at is it's about the interactions that we have with different humans when you may not even speak the language, you may not understand the culture, but um, the beauty of the human interaction. And in that, that trailer, I also emphasize the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of um, channels like this for people of color. And so to, to try to motivate people of color to travel and really see the world and interact with it, I think is a beautiful thing. So I'm, I'm hoping to do that. And I'm hoping to travel with people of different cultures, different backgrounds, uh, to see how we interact with the world differently. And in some ways, in the same way. Well, uh, let me tell you something uh, to end that, that I'm grateful for. I'm just grateful for you spending the time with me, getting to catch up with you a little bit, hear a little bit about your story and, and your thoughts. And uh, I think sports, just like travel, uh, are really powerful tools to, to bring people together. And, um, you know, I think your story is, is one that can, can motivate a lot of people. And uh, I'm just grateful for your friendship and uh, just being able to be here and spend an hour, hour and a half and, and just kind of chat a little bit. So I, I'm grateful for you and um, thanks for, for joining me.